Welcome. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed a question, a, a very good question, that was raised on a Rashi comment because of, as, uh, from the, uh, the Tameh HaMikra, from the, the Trump markings in the Pasuk. And this week, I'm going to continue with that, uh, that theme. In Parshas B'Zaysa Bracha, we read the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to the tribe of Yosef. It says in Perek Lamed Gimel, Pasig Yud Gimel, Uli Yosef Amar, regarding Yosef, Moshe said, Mivoreches Hashem Artso, blessed of Hashem is his land. His land is blessed from Hashem. Mimeged Shemayim Mito, from the delicacies of the heavens, from the dew, meaning very delicious crops that grow because of the dew, umitahoim revetzes tachas, and from the, the underground waters that literally crouch from underneath. So, in other words, the tribe of Yosef, the land of Yosef, receives sufficient moisture coming from the heavens and sufficient moisture coming from underground. Pasik yudalit, umimeged tfuos shamish, and from the fine products of the produce of the sun, meaning the fine fruits and other produce that, uh, that are grown, that, that grow in the sunlight, and from the delicacies that are put forth by the moon. Rashi explains that there are certain kinds of vegetables that grow from the moonlight. Uh, he says, Kishuin Vidiluin. These are various kinds of gourds and uh, pumpkins. And uh, even today, I believe there's a certain category of vegetables that are called the, the moonshade uh, vegetables. So uh, the land of Yosef is blessed with all of these various kinds of produce. Pasuk Tesvov, Umeroish Harare Kedem, and from the top of the early mountains. Rashi says one explanation that the mountains in the land of Yosef, um, they brought forth their fruits earlier than other places, so they're called Harare Kedem, they're called the early mountains. And from the delicacies of the eternal hills. And here Rashi says one explanation uh, not that the hills are eternal, but that they are constantly giving forth their fruits. So that's the word, givais oilom. Pasek tezayin, which is the one that we're going to concentrate on the most, umimeged eretzum and the land of Yosef is blessed from the delic- delicacies of the land and all of its fullness, uretzon shechni sne, and the goodwill the desire of the sheikhni sne, of the one who dwells in the sne, in the bush, meaning, we'll see in Rashi, it refers to the sne, to the bush, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu first revealed himself to Moshe Rabbeinu. So, Baruch, so the land of Yosef is blessed by the goodwill of God who dwelled in a sne, May all of these blessings come to the head of Yosef, 
Nizir Echov, and to the skull of Yosef, who is called the Nizir Echov. He is called the Nizir Echov, according to Rashi, because the word Nazir means someone who is separate. So Yosef was someone who was separated from his brothers when he was sold down to Egypt by his brothers. Let's see some of the Rashi. Mevoreches Hashem Artso. It says that the land of Yosef is blessed of Hashem. Rashi says, There was not amongst the, the inheritance of all the other Shvatim a land that was full of so much goodness, like the land of Yosef. Of all the various portions of land in Eretz Israel, the most productive and the most of the agriculturally richest land was the land of Yosef. We'll skip now to Pasuk Tes Zion to see the Rashi on that Pasuk. That's what we're going to concentrate on. So Yosef is going to get all of these brochis, all of these wonderful riches from the will of Sheikh Nisne. First Rashi says, Kamo Shochen The word Shochni, the Yud at the end of the word Shochni is not, does not mean my. I mean, if you want to say my house, you say Beisi, Ki Beisi, Beistafilo Lechol Ho'amim. You might have thought that somehow that's what it means here. Shochni Sne, my dwelling, or my something. But Rashi says no. The Yud is an extra Yud. Rashi in a variety of places, in a number of places around Chumash and Tanakh, tells us that certain words have a yud at the end of them. It's extra. That's as much as Rashi says. It seems to be some sort of a, a poetic form. Rashi does not, I don't think in any place says, that Rashi does not give it any particular meaning. It has no particular, it adds nothing in particular to the grammatical meaning of the word. Sometimes, and particularly, sometimes words in Lashon Kodesh, in the language of the Torah, have an extra yud. Uh, for example, in the Shira Sayam, so right near the beginning it says, Ozi v'zimras ko, and Rashi there, in a long discussion, Rashi comes to the, the, to the conclusion that the word Ozi does not mean ha'oiz sheli, my strength. No, it means oz, it means strength. The E, the Yud at the end of the word, is extra. So here also Rashi is telling us, Shoichni Sne is like Shoichain Sne, Hashem who dwells or who did dwell in the bush. Now Rashi paraphrases this part of the, the Pasuk. Utehei artsoi mivureches, Yosef's land should be blessed, will be blessed, miritsoi noiv and achas ruchai shalakodesh borochu. From the will and from the desire of Hakodesh Borahu, Hanigla Alai Tchila Visne, who originally was revealed to me, Moshe Rabbeinu, in a sne. That God, that Hashem, who originally revealed himself to me in the burning bush, Yosef should be blessed by that deity. Of course, there is no other deity, but Moshe Rabbeinu is identifying Hashem who appeared to me in the sne. I should bless and will bless Yosef with all of these 
riches that are described in the previous psukim. The Sefer, the new Sefer, Mefarash V'Soim Seichel, quotes here a question from Harav Avigdor Nevensal Shlita, formerly the chief rabbi of, Yerush, of um, the old city of Yerushalayim, in his Sefer, Mitzion Michlal Yoifi. The Rav Nevensal questions the Rashi because if we look at the Pasuk, or it's, if we look at the words of Ritzain Sheikhni Sneh, the Tam HaMikra, the trup under the word Sheikhni, is what's called a Tepcha. It is a sort of a little curl with its open face facing to the right. And the Tipcha is one of the Mafsikim. It is one of those Tameha Mikra that instructs us to pause and to place a little bit of a break between the word under which it is placed and the word following it. So here the, the phrase would be read, Uritzon Shochni, Sneh. It's putting a slight break in between Shochni and Sneh. Now, Rav Nevinsol asks that, according to Rashi, Shochni Sneh, Rashi explained that the Yud is just extra, it really has the same meaning as saying Shochain Sneh, the bush dweller. So, Shochain Sneh, that's what we call a smichus. In, in Lushen Kodesh, you don't have to put the word of. When you have two nouns that are connected with, with an of, for example, you have right at the beginning of the Torah, you have Veruach Elohim, the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. You don't have to say Veruach Shel Elohim. You don't need the word Shel for of. You just say Veruach Elohim, and it's understood to mean the the spirit of God. You have also in uh, in Bracious Pasuk Aleph, you have the words Ulamikvei Hamayim, the gathering of the waters. Hashem called them Yamim. He called them the seas. You have the word. You have the words Ulamikvei Hamayim, the gathering of the water. But there's no word there that that corresponds to the English word of. The words mikveh and mayim are bismichus. They are relate to each other in that relationship called smichus. And it means as if there would be an of in between them. You have also in Bracious Pasuk Chafei, you have chayas ha'oretz, the animals of the land. But there's no word that corresponds to of. There is a word in Lashem Kedish that corresponds. There is the word shell and... and uh, Perhaps, perhaps sometimes the, the prefix la can mean of. But here, there is no such word. There is no word here that corresponds to of. It's just chayas ha'aretz. Now, Rav Nevinsal asks that if shoichni sneh, if, if, if shoichni stands with sneh in a relationship of smichus, so there shouldn't be a pause in between the word shoichni and sneh. They go together. It's one phrase. So he asks, why, according to Rashi, does the word Shaykhni have the Tam HaMikra of Tipcha, which separates it from the word that comes after it, Sneh? 
I think perhaps we can say really a, a pretty simple teretz, a pretty, pretty simple answer. If we go back and look at Rashi carefully, and this, as I mentioned a week or two ago, this is principle number one of understanding Rashi or understanding any text. So go back and make sure that what you think it's saying is what it's really saying. Maybe you just read it too quickly. If we go back and look at Rashi, on the words Sheikh Nisne, he says, Kamo Shochein Sne, it's like Shochein Sne, meaning there's no real meaning to that extra letter Yud. Sheikh Nisne is equivalent to Shochein Sne. Now, that sounds like the two words stand with, they have a relationship to each other of Smichus, the dweller of the Sne. However, Rashi continues, and he now paraphrases the, the, this phrase in the Torah. He says, Yosef's land should be blessed from the will and the, the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who was first revealed to me, Moshe Rabbeinu, in the bush, in the burning bush. According to Rashi, it would seem that the phrase Shoichni Sne does not really mean Shoichin Sne, dweller of the bush. It really means Shoichin Bisne. It is Hashem who dwells in the bush. Perhaps the reason why Rashi does this is because it's a little inappropriate to refer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu as the bush dweller. Uh, there are there's a tribe in Africa somewhere that they're known as the, the Bushmen or the, the Bush people. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not the Bush dweller. That, that's too limiting to say about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Molei Chalar I mean, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can and does uh, appear and, and, is a, and, 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 and rests everywhere. So to call HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shochein Sned, the dweller of the Bush, perhaps Rashi didn't want to understand it like that. Rashi understood that the, the real meaning of the Pasuk is Shochein Bisne. Now, if, it, if, if the meaning of the Pasuk is like Shochein Bisne, I think we can understand why there is a slight pause after the word Shochni. Because if we're saying this, now Shochein and sne or shechni and sne are not bismichos. They are not in that relationship. They are two separate things. Hashem is shochen. Where is he shochen? Besne. And if you, if we look at a few places, if we look at a couple of places, we can look right here in Parshas Vezeis Abracha. There are a couple of places where we have two words that are in a relationship of this be that. This is in that. And we will find that the first word has the tam of tipcha, just like over here. We have in, uh, in Perak Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Gimel, it says, kol kedoshav biyadecha. All of his holy uh, malachim, will say for the moment, Rashi has another pshat, who the kedoshim are. We're not concerned now with the actual context of the Pasuk, but the Pasuk says, kol kedoshav all of his holy ones are in your hand. 
What is the Tam HaMikra under the word Kedoshov? It's a Tipcha, which means there is a slight pause between the word Kedoshov and the Yadecha, because it's not Kedoshe Yadecha. It is not the Kedoshim of your hand. No, it's Kedoshov, his Kedoshim, his holy ones, Be Yadecha, in your hand. We have a very famous Pasuk a little bit later in the Parsha, the Bracha to the tribes of Zvulun and Yisachar. It says, Smach Zvulun secha, Rejoice Zvulun in your going forth, when you go out with your ships to, to carry merchandise and to trade merchandise. Yisachar be'ohalecha. And Yisachar, you should rejoice in your tents. Yisachar stayed home and they were great Torah scholars. What do we see there? Zvulun secha. We have the word Zvulun and the word Seisecha. And the link between them is this letter base, the B, in. And what is the Tam under the word Zvulun? It is a Tipcha. So there's a slight break. Zvulun, Bitseisecha. It's not Zvulun Seisecha. It's not Zvulun of your going out. That's not, it's not Smichus. It's two separate things. Zvulun, pause. And the same thing, the tam under the word Yisachar is a tipcha. There is a slight pause between Yisachar and Bi'olecha because it's not Yisachar Oyalecha, Yisachar of your tents. No, it's Yisachar, pause, in Ohalecha. It's a, they're not two words that exactly flow together with that very tight relationship of smichos. It's this in that. So I think we can say the same thing here, according to Rashi, that shochni sneh really means shochen bisneh. There are places where Rashi says a, um, a base or a lamed can sometimes be left out. It's just understood. So here, shochni sneh, I mean, Rashi really says it here, I think, that shochni sneh means that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is shochen Bisne. He reappeared to Moshe Rabbeinu in the Sne, and that's why there is a slight pause in between the words Shaykhni and Sne. The Sefer Mephorosh Vesoyim Seichel quotes another more complex answer to this question. It comes from a Sefer called Yisomi Dabre Secha, which was written by Rabbi Shemarya Arya Shenrav or Shenrav, who lived in, in Petach Tikva. Yeah, he's, it's, he was uh, he was nifter in Shnas Tov Shin Samech Aleph. More than that, I don't know about this author. Um, the Sefer Yisomi Dabrei bases his his answer and his explanation of the of the Tamei Amikra according to Rashi on some comments from Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch explains as follows: If we look at the the brachos of Yehuda. Levi, Binyamin, Yosef. We will see a very important difference between the first three, Yehuda, Levi, Binyamin, and the last one, which is Yosef. Yehuda is blessed with leadership and with power. He is the tribe of Malchus, of, of royalty. And that has a certain, a very important uh, spiritual aspect. Yes, it's true that the king also uh, deals with temporal matters. I mean, it keeps, keeps order within the kingdom. But 
a, a Melech Yisrael, I mean, his, his most important task is to promote the, the study of Torah and the performance of Torah. He is to create, a, his most important task is to create a society that, that runs Alpi HaTorah. So that's Yehuda. Levi is blessed with uh, the service in the Beis HaMikdash. The Leviim and the Kohanim serve in the Beis HaMikdash. And they are blessed and they are destined to be the primary teachers of Torah to Klal Yisrael. Although anyone from any Shevet can become a Talmud Chacham, and certainly many did, but still the primary teachers of Torah in ancient Klal Yisrael were the Leviim and the Kohanim. So that is the bracha of Levi, definitely a spiritual kind of blessing. The, the blessing to Binyamin was that the Beis HaMikdash will be built in his portion. Obviously, something very spiritual. Those are the tribes of Yehuda, Levi, and Binyamin. They are followed in the order of the brachas by the tribe of Yosef. Now, what is the bracha to the tribe of Yosef? Is that they get the richest abundance of the blessing of the soil. Those are uh, the translated words of Rav Hirsch. I mean, it's really right there in the Pesach. As we learned it, it says, Mevoreches Hashem Artso, that Yosef's land will be blessed by Hashem, and it's going to have the fruits that come from the, 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 the dew from the heavens and from the water, the underground waters will come up and moisten their fruits, and they will have... The, the produce that comes from the sun and the produce that is ripened by the moonlight and they will have the produce on the mountains and et cetera, et cetera. It's all about the produce of the land, the, the rich abundance of the land. So it's all about what we would call Gashmias. It's all about material blessings. However, Rav Hirsch explains that this blessing will only come to Yosef, to the tribe of Yosef, if he merits the satisfaction of the Sheikh Nisne. The Pasik says clearly, as we as we discussed, he will get all of these brachas, but it is on condition, or it's sign Sheikh Nisne. It will come because of the goodwill, because of the desire of he who dwelt in the bush, he who revealed himself to Mesh Rabbeinu in the Sneh. Rav Hirsch, I'm now reading from the English translation of Rav Hirsch. He says, Yosef has to have the, 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 the will and the satisfaction of the Sheikh in Sneh, whose presence does not require all the rich abundance. Hashem's presence, which does not require all of this material wealth, who reveals himself even in a thorn bush, if the right man is there. Although Yosef is being blessed with all kinds of material bounty, but the Pasik is emphasizing he must deserve it and he, mu and, and he must be deserving of even, must be deserving of Hashem who is willing to dwell even in a thorn bush. Based on this, the Sefer Yisomi Dabresecha explains that the phrase, Sheikh Nisne, or Ritzayin Sheikh Nisne, can be read as follows that Yosef will receive all these brachas from Ritzayin, from the will Sheikh of 
Hashem who dwells, where? In a snap. He calls it in, in Hebrew, it's kashtika shalifnei havoas chidash. It's like the silence that comes before you say the new and important point that you're coming to say. It's like if we're discussing a mystery of who killed Mr. Jones, and finally we solve the mystery, so someone might say, who killed Mr. Jones? George. There's a pause before you say the real point, the chiddush, the novel point that you're trying to make. So here also it's saying, how does Yosef get all these brachas? It is uretzayin, it has to come from the will. Shoichni, shoichni where? The one who dwells where? Sne. He has to be deserving even of a bracha besides all of this material wealth. He has to have that simplicity and that, that modesty and that, that, that midah, what we call his tapkas mamuit, of being willing to do with less. And then he will get this tremendous bracha of material abundance that he is promised. We quoted before from Rav Hirsch that the brachas to Yehuda, Levi, and Binyamin were all primarily spiritual brachas. They were brachas that they would attain certain spiritual attainments. The bracha of Yosef was about a, a material abundance, a, a, an attainment of material wealth. Rav Hirsch points out that the first bracha, which comes even before the bracha to Yehuda, the bracha to Ruvain, seems altogether different, and it, in fact is different from the brachas to all of the other shvatim, going down all the going down the whole list from one to twelve, because the bracha of Ruvain says, Yechi Ruvain va'al yamos, may Ruvain live and not die. That's nice. I mean, that, that is a bracha, to live and not die. V'yehi misav misbar, mispar, but his numbers will be few. Um, yeah, we'd all like to be, be blessed with life. That is, that is very good. But it's kind of not much there. It doesn't say that Reuven is going to have any leadership of the nation. It doesn't say that Reuven has any particular spiritual uh, attainments. He's not going to be the teacher of Klai Yisrael. He's not going to serve in the Beis HaMikdash. Um, it's just that he's going to live. Rashi explains that, of course, Reuven uh, committed what was, for someone on his level, a very serious a very serious sin that he he moved the bed of his of his mother, Leah, and he was not supposed to interfere in his father's business like that, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu here is saying, nonetheless, Afal Pichain, even though he did that sin, but he is not going to die, and he's going to be one of the Shvatim, but he's going to be a relatively small shavit. Uh, kind of what uh, one might call in Yiddish uh, a knappa bracha, uh, a so-so sort of uh, second-rate kind of bracha. Rav Hirsch points out the following very f- important fundamental point. This is a point which has relevance to any parsha in the Torah, not just this one. The parsha begins, parsha's v'zaysa bracha begins with five introductory psukim, five psukim which are introductions to Moshe Rabbeinu's blessing. It says, This is the bracha that Moshe blessed them with. 
and it says, Hashem Sinai Bo, Hashem came from Har Sinai, and He gave us the Eish Das, He gave us the Torah of fire, or He gave us the Torah from the fire. And then Pasuk Gimel says, Av Hashem showed great chiba, great love and affection for the Am Yisrael. That's a, not an easy Pasuk to, to translate and to understand. Uh, that's worthy of a whole shear itself, just uh, Pasuk Gimel here. But basically it's saying HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed great affection for the Klal Yisrael. And Pasuk Dalit says, Torah Siva Lano Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu commanded to us the Torah, and Vayi Melech, and there was uh, the, the, that uh, there was a king in Yeshurun in Klal Yisrael, when the people gathered together, etc. Uh, primarily, what are these five sukkim about? They are about the chavivus, the great love and affection that a Kodesh Baruch Hu has for Klal Yisrael, and they are about the Torah. They are about Hashem giving us the Torah. And these are introductions to the brachas. Now, Posig Vav, which is the bracha of Ruvain, follows immediately. If you look in a printed Chumash, you will see after Posig Vav, of, which says, Yechi Ruvain Va'al Yamos, etc., there is printed a solitary letter, Sabach. And if you look all around Chumash, you'll find sprinkled about the Chumash, there are these Samachs, You'll see a group of psukim and then a samach. And you'll see another group of psukim, not always the same number of psukim, but you'll see a bunch of psukim and then a samach. Or sometimes, instead of a samach, you will see a pei. Many people are, even people who have a lot of accomplishments in learning, but they are blissfully ignorant of these samachs and pays. What are they? Well, Rashi explains in his comment on Parshas Vayikra, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu dictated the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, he would dictate a certain number of psukim, which constitute a certain paragraph, a certain unit of information, and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would give Moshe Rabbeinu a break, during which Moshe Rabbeinu had time to review what he had learned. And in the, in the written Sefer Torah, those, those breaks are, rec- are, are recorded, they are represented by either a relatively short number of blank spaces in the Sefer Torah, and that's called a Parsha Stuma, a closed Parsha, or sometimes the break was a little bit longer, and so they are represented in the written Sefer Torah by a longer group, a longer space, which extends all the way to the end of the line. That's called a Parsha Psucha, an open Parsha. These are the paragraph uh, breaks. These are these are the organization of paragraphs in the Torah, which are of prophetic origin. This is how Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. You are to read this bunch of psukim, and then you are to pause. The next group of psukim belongs to a different paragraph. It's a new topic, and so on and so on, all through the whole Torah. The division of the Torah, the division of every parsha into Risha and Shani, Shlishi, that is something that was that is non-prophetic in origin. That is something that was added later. It was added a long time ago, but that was something that was put in a long time ago to facilitate the Kriya Satora in 
in in a congregation in a shul, so that there should be seven seven aliyahs of relatively uh, equal length. Okay, but they do not they do not represent any intrinsic break between one topic and another. And very often it's it's rather puzzling why the break for the aliyah was put where it was, and it, there's no reason why a congregation cannot choose to change what's printed in the Chumash, and many congregations do. Many Rabbanim do have an opinion, and they say, no, no, don't stop here where the Chumash tells you to stop. Stop, Tupsul come later, or Tupsul come before, or whatever it is. That is 100% permitted within certain parameters. Those are definitely not written in stone, but the Parshias Suchais and the Parshias Stumas are, so to speak, written in stone. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, coming back here to Parshas Vizaysa Bracha, Rav Hirsch points out that the Bracha of Yich, the, the Pasek, Pasek Vav, Yechi Ruvein Va'al Yamos, has the Samech, it has the Parshas Stuma after it, which means that it is really connected to Psukim 1 through 5. Yeah, Psukim 1 through 5, Psukim Aleph through He, are the introduction. Now, you would have thought that after the introduction, that's the end of one paragraph, and then a new paragraph should start. But it's not like that. You have the introduction, Psukim Aleph through He, and then you have, right away, with no break, you have the Bracha to Reuven. After the Bracha to Reuven, there is a break, before you get to the next Bracha, which is the blessing to the tribe of Yehuda. So Rav Hirsch notes this, and he explains as follows. You see that the bracha of Reuven is really not like any of the other brachas. All of the other brachas talk about some particular blessing that that shevet got, and some particular attainment that they are going to achieve. Yehuda will achieve leadership, and Levi will achieve the service in the Besamikdash and the Torah, and even if you go further down into the Parsha, um, Zvulun will, will achieve wealth through his, his shipping industry, and so on. Each tribe, by, for each tribe is mentioned some particular blessing and some particular accomplishment that they will be blessed with. Ruvain is just blessed with, you'll live. Well, I mean, it's good to live, but it's a little bit weak in comparison to all of the other brachas. So Rav Hirsch explains that in fact, Reuven was not blessed with any of these things, with leadership, service in the Beis HaMikdash, material abundance, but one thing he did have, he had a connection to the Torah. Not that he in particular, not that his tribe in particular uh, produced a great number of, of great Talmud Chachamim, but he did have the connection to the Torah, because you have Tzukim Aleph and Hay, which all, all talk about Matan Torah. They talk about the giving of the Torah and the gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us of the Torah, Torah Tzivalano Moshe, and then it says, Yechi Ruven, without any break. It goes right into the bracha of Reuven. So Rav Hirsch explains that although Reuven, on the one hand, did not receive the most wonderful and fantastic of all the brachas. And that is because of what he did. But he still had that connection to Torah, and through his connection 
to Torah, he remains a part of Klai Yisrael, and he can also achieve great heights. Although he has nothing specific to call his own, the way the, all the other Shvatim have, but he is part of the nation, and he connects to the Torah, and in that is his greatness. And I, I think that's a bracha that might apply to a lot of people, a lot of us. Maybe we're, we're not so great. We're not uh, so wealthy, and we're not kahanim and Leviim. I happen to be, but most people are not. And uh, we're, we're not great tamidi chachamim. But every Jew has that portion, has that connection to Torah. And through that connection, every person has a, a measure of greatness.